You've been keeping secrets from us, Fleet Admiral Markham said as he gazed out from the balcony at Lake Geneva. This planet is not the polluted slum we were led to believe it was. It was when all of you left us here, Senior Captain Jackson Wolfe said. It's taken us centuries to repair the damage, and we didn't feel like inviting everyone back for a repeat. Feeling a bit peevish this morning, are we, Captain? Markham asked with an arched eyebrow. Not especially, Jackson said, still not addressing his superior with either rank or the honorific sir. It was not lost on Markham. Tell me what's on your mind, Captain, he said. We're going to have to get past whatever this is if we're going to continue to work together. I was following orders, just like you mostly do, and asked, what is it you want of me? Tell me about the Ark, Jackson said. Who initiated it? How long was it out there? When did you know what it was? Make me believe in you like I did when I was pulled out almost dead from the wreckage of a Raptor-class destroyer. Markham stared at him a long moment before sighing heavily and turning back to the lake. It was never called the Ark, the Admiral said. That was also not its original purpose. The planet was the next phase in the board's plan to detach Tsuyo Corporation from the Confederate government and operate as a sovereign entity. It was found by one of their top-secret automated exploration drones, and when they saw how perfect the existing ecology was for a colony, they began building immediately. That was nearly 27 years ago, well before the phage showed up on our doorstep. They even had a fully functional shipyard, albeit on a very small scale. That's where the new boomers came from, built one at a time in that system, hidden from prying eyes. That explains the existence of the colony and an entirely new and unknown class of battleship, Jackson said slowly. But not any of the important things. As you guessed, there was great concern on Haven that we simply weren't up to the task of repelling the phage. Markham nodded, a concern that was well-founded, I might add. Your blind idealism aside, the fleet had little chance of winning at Nuova Patria against just the forces the phage brought with them to say nothing of the fact it wasn't even their main objective. Anyway, when talk became serious about how to save the species if we had to begin accepting the loss of entire systems— Tsuyo began coming to individual senators and lobbying them to channel resources and our best and brightest to the new planet. Jackson's humorless laugh interrupted the admiral, causing the senior fleet officer to frown at the inappropriate outburst. So even with the species facing extinction, the corporation was still looking to play any angle it could, Jackson said, still laughing. I don't get it, Markham admitted. You said that they were looking to declare themselves sovereign, separate from the Confederacy, Jackson said. So what would happen if the Senate authorized our most brilliant people to accompany most of the resources to this new little empire, and then we didn't get wiped out by the phage? I hadn't even considered that, Markham admitted, still frowning. The new enclave would have a monopoly on science, art, technology, you name it and the Confederacy would have to crawl to Tsuyo and beg for anything and everything. Do you really think that was the root of what they were doing? Of what you were helping them do?
Jackson corrected. And yes, I think that the board and the Senate are one and the same. Rats crawling on top of each other, trying to gain some advantage, regardless of the fact the ship is sinking out from under them. When Markham didn't answer him, the beleaguered captain turned back to the view of his home planet. After the horrific attack by the phage that had completely destroyed the Confederate capital haven, the shell-shocked survivors of the government had eventually found their way back to the birthplace of humanity, Earth. They were not treated to a warm welcome as ships trickled into the solar system. The citizens of the Blue Planet had not forgotten the insults heaped upon them by most of the Confederate worlds, nor were they overly anxious to have the phage follow those fleeing the Alpha Centauri system. For Jackson Wolfe, the return to Earth was viewed through the numbed, glazed stare of a man who had been pushed far beyond his breaking point. He still bore the guilt of Haven's destruction, despite the fact that little could have actually been done to prevent it. He still felt that if he hadn't bucked the chain of command yet again and drawn most of the Seventh Fleet's combat resources to the frontier, then maybe there would have been a force there strong enough to repel the assault. I wonder how long they'll keep him in there, Markham said. I wouldn't even begin to guess, Jackson shrugged. I'd imagine they're having some difficulty believing his story. I'm not even sure I do either, Markham said. But as long as he sticks around with those ships of his, he could say he's the Queen of Sheba and I'd vouch for him. Before Jackson could ask Markham if he even knew what he was referencing, the double doors to the reception area they'd been cooling their heels in banged open. Captain Wolf, Admiral Markham, sorry to keep you waiting. The officious little man in an absurd-looking, albeit trendy, suit said in a tone of voice that made it quite clear he wasn't actually all that sorry. And, Markham said irritably, and if you'd follow me, I'll escort you to the main conference room, the man said, still trying to puff himself up in the presence of the two famous fleet officers. After you, Markham rolled his eyes at Jackson as he followed the man out of the room that Jackson had begun to suspect was more of a holding cell than a reception area.